Good morning. And if you are watching the live stream on Sunday, May 16th, then you know it's a gorgeous day outside. And I wish we were live streaming outside. <laughs> but we're not. And if you're watching some other day and it's not bright and sunny and it's cloudy, it's still a beautiful day. So I hope you enjoy your day. Uh, we are, my name is Scott, one of the pastors here, and uh, we're continuing on in our series called Alive to You, which is a, it's a launch pad from uh, the Easter, but because Jesus has brought us new life, we live our lives alive to him. Now in Tab prayed about uh, that we'd have ears to hear and eyes to see. That does speak about alive to you in the sense of being very intentional on how we live our lives and especially how we live our lives according to the way what Jesus calls us to because Jesus has the words to real life. And that's the exciting thing. So with that in mind, I want to begin by uh, talking about a little journey I was on in my 20s heading to my 30s. And what I found creeping up in my life at that time was this thing called anger coming up in my life from time to time. And, you know, you could say, well, did I learn it as I was, you know, in the home? And you can point to all that stuff, but be that as it may, I was an adult. And I was dealing with this. I was married. We had our first child. And I knew I had to do something about it. So I looked for a counselor, found one. Um, name was Barry Fox. And uh, went to the little village that his uh, practice was set up. And we started to chat. And he wanted to know. He said, so tell me, what goes on? What happens? And I said to him, I said, well, you know, things start to build up in me and then it's like I see red and I can't control it and I just lose it. And he goes, oh, I see, okay. He says, does that ever happen when the phone rings too and, you know, someone's calling you? I, I, maybe, I, I said. And he says, do you, do you yell and lose your temper there on the phone? I go, no, I don't do that. Oh, Okay. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, so you can control it. And it was it sort of like, felt like, you know, it got caught with my hand in the cookie jar, right? I had nothing I could say to him to defend myself. I had to admit, I guess I can. So he said, let's talk about that. And which led into a number of sessions with him as we dug deeper into that. Now, I had to deal with this because by excusing it, I was actually allowing it to grow. And in growing, I was producing this fruit of anger um, that was in my life. And, you know, there is that saying that my mom used to say, if you make your bed, you lie in it, which means you take responsibility for your actions, you bear the consequences. You know, it's, it's that thing. Good saying, but that's not completely accurate. And it's not because those closest to me, my wife and my little son, they were also suffering the consequences of 
my anger, that fruit that was growing within me, or as I would like to say, they were eating the fruit that I was growing in my life. And that's the thing about growing fruit, is that what I grow becomes the food I serve to others. It does affect other people. Now, so we are taking the next two weeks, and by we, I mean myself and Tab Fellman, digging a little deeper into what it means to live a reproductive life. What we believe God is saying to us as a church family, but I think to all of us, that we are to be living lives that are fruitful, that are reproductive. And this is the third of three areas that we feel the Lord is calling us to. The first two being uh, a transformative life, and the last one we just finished last week, a rooted life. So let's, let's go back to this whole thing of a reproductive life, realizing that any plant, any living plant, bears some sort of fruit, it's a, whether it's fruit or a vegetable or whatever it is. It bears something. It just does. But it can only grow one kind. However, with us, when it comes to growing the fruit of character, we get to choose. We get to choose what it is we're going to grow. And you may go, what, choose? No, we, we actually do get to choose. We actually do get to make that choice. And, and, and however, it's not as simple as you going down a menu and just checking off, I'll have this and a little bit of that, a little bit of that, a little bit of that. It's all good. Mm-mm. There's a couple things that we need to remember. First of all, we live in a world, but we, we inhabit bodies, our personhood, that is, it's, there's brokenness. Like, listen to the news. It's just continual, this, this, this strife that is in our world, right? And there's this tendency that we have as human beings towards a self-interest, self-centeredness. You know, it's what feels good, what tastes good, what looks good, you know, as long as it satisfies me right? Because it's all about me, right? That's, what you, that's why we have strife, because we have this thing in the back of our head that thinks it's all about me. And ben, truth be known, it's not. It's not about me. And, and there's just this thing. We tend to go down the path of least resistance. Like, we rarely do you hear of anybody who craves broccoli, right? I haven't met a person yet who does, or parsnips, or you, you name it, you know, and you know what I mean, right? We don't, it's not that natural tendency to go down that way. If, you, if you're watching TV tonight, or if you're around the, if you're having a fire, let's say, uh, you're not going to be roasting a carrot. You'll probably have marshmallows or s'mores or something like that, right? We tend to go down that way. It's the path of least resistance. And, uh, and it can feel like that we're trying to climb up a slippery slope. And that's because we live in this world and, and, and there's this sin nature within us that just goes that way that we try to battle against on our own. Paul describes it like this. And this is in a letter that he wrote to the church in a city called Galatia. And he says this to them because they were heading down the path of legalism, becoming very legalistic. And he was trying to bring them back. No, this is about the grace that Jesus gives to us. And this is what he says in Galatians 5. 
He says this, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, and he throws in quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, oops, you know, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. You know, probably Paul could go on. And he says, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Because that's not the fruit of the kingdom. That's not what you'll find. That's not, that's not kingdom living. That's not life. Jesus says, I came to give life, and that doesn't bring life. We were not originally designed to produce that type of stuff, right? We just weren't. Um, it's not what you find in the kingdom of God. When we pray, when I pray, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven, I am asking God God, I want you, the, your fruit for, of the kingdom here on earth. I want it here. That's what we're praying for. We're not praying for this. We're praying for that to happen, right? And uh, guess where it starts? Me. <laughs> you. That's where it begins. When we pray that, that's what we're praying. That God let it start here within me. And when I choose to root myself in Jesus, and speaking of that, I mean by knowing this intimate, having this intimate relationship with Jesus, the lover of my very being. When I choose to do that, things start to change. What ends up being produced is the fruit of Jesus' spirit, right? And, and it's what Paul actually says right after he has said this, that if we walk by the Spirit. Paul says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. We're going to go one by one, not, not into detail. Well, I want us to pay attention to each word. This is the fruit the Holy Spirit produces. Love. Joy. Peace, patience. Let's stop there for just a second. <laughs> let's, let's, let's stop there. I don't know if you've ever heard any follower of Jesus say to you, but I've heard it many times, don't ever pray for patience. And the intent behind that is if you pray for patience, you're going to have trying times come The Lord's gonna, to, so that you grow in that. I'm here to tell you this. Pray for patience. And here's why. It's a fruit of the Spirit. You wouldn't say to anybody, oh, don't, don't, don't pray for the fruit of love. Don't do that. Because God's going to test you on that. No, we want to grow in this. This is the fruit we want to grow. Pray for patience. How more enjoyable would it be to drive on the 401 if people had patience? Let's continue. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, 
Self-control. Self-control. Self-control, another word for it is restraint. And by the way, the book of Proverbs is all about living a life of restraint. That we don't have to be out of control. That the wise person knows how to restrain themselves. They just do. They know how to do that. And Paul ends that there is no law against these things. In other words, you can do those things as much as you want, right? And that's what Paul speaks about, that we have freedom in Christ. We have freedom to do those things that Paul has listed here as the fruits of the Spirit. Now, here's the cool thing about fruit. Fruit tells the truth about me about you, about us. And it generally tells the truth that comes out when we're put under pressure or we face a challenging, difficult situation. Something happens and we see the fruit that can come from that. Case in point, that, that's very current. On Tuesday, uh, I found out that my youngest daughter, she was attacked in daylight, in the city of Waterloo. And, by, and I'm not exaggerating when I use the word attacked. Someone was following her, and they, they uh, assaulted her. She ended up in, in the middle of the street, falling down. Some, but people came to her rescue. When my wife, when April told me that on the phone, because it had just happened minutes before that, when she told me that, there was something in me that was rising up. And I, I remember praying for safety for Autumn, praying for the people that are helping her. But I also remember something in my head going that I said to God, I'm glad I wasn't there. Because I know what I think I would have wanted to do. And right then, I just, I heard this, I, I sensed this, heard it, whatever you want to call it. Choose life. Pray for that man. And because I have this close relationship with Jesus and I trust Jesus' words and I know his words lead to life, I said, okay. And I prayed for that man. I prayed for him. And I, and I hope that's just a small little evidence of the fruit that I'm trying to cultivate in my heart as God continues to work in me. But fruit tells the truth. Put under pressure what comes out. What comes out, because that's what's growing. Because I agree with Peter when Peter said, Jesus, where else would we go? You have the words to eternal life. <laughs> where else are we going to go? You have it. And here's the thing. You can't fake good fruit or the fruit of the kingdom. You can't do it. You can't fake that. It comes out when it's under pressure. It's basically what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6. A good tree can't produce bad fruit. And a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes. And grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. 
and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what's in your heart. Those are words from Jesus. And he's saying what's coming out of you or that is already in here. It's what's been cultivated in here is what you see. That's where it's coming from. Again, fruit tells the truth and you can't fake it. It does come out when put under pressure, right? Then you have Paul. Paul tells it like it is and is very straight with, with the followers. And again, going from Galatians, here Paul, what I read to you, Paul was talking about, we are free to live according to the Spirit, producing good fruit. We can do that all we want. And in line with that, so Paul's talking about this fruit that we can produce in our lives. And then just a few lines down. Now, this is in chapter 6, but Paul's thought, line of thought hasn't changed. And in chapter 6, Paul says these words. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Not sometimes, not generally, not, you know, all things being equal, you will harvest. No, you will always harvest what you plant. And those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from that Spirit. Here's the thing. When I grow the fruit of the kingdom or the fruit of the Spirit, I serve up good food for myself. But more importantly, I serve up a magnificent meal for other people. Because here's the thing. We don't live in a vacuum, meaning we are all connected. How I live my life and treat all others plays a part in the person they become. Just let those words soak into you. That what we say, it plays a part in how other people, how they become. Words are powerful. Actions are powerful. And they imprint on lives. We're not an island to ourselves. We are connected to other people. Now, I can say that the, it'd be great. The world needs the fruit of the Spirit. That goes without saying. Yes, it does. I can say, you know, well, we should pray for peace in the world. But it then begs the question. Because when I say I want to pray for peace in the world, I want to see peace. It's almost like subconsciously or my posture is I'm waiting for peace to happen. But if peace is going to start, and I'm serious, where does it start? It starts with me. It starts with us. Right? That's where it starts. Right here. I create a bit of a contradiction, and, it's, and it is, it's, it's a bit of a contradiction when on one hand, if I pray for the peace of 
for Israel and Palestine with everything that's going on there right now. But on the other hand, I'm not praying for peace within me. Because seriously, guys, if we're going to have peace in this world, it has to start with all of us, everyone, right? Any of the fruit of the Spirit, if it's going to start, it has to start here in our hearts first. It's not out there somewhere. We don't wait for the government to bring peace. It's not going to be the government that brings peace. And Jesus didn't want us to wait for peace to come until Jesus returns. Jesus will bring peace. But if we want to see God's kingdom now, if we're praying for that, Lord, your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done. Then it starts with us. starts with me. We produce in here. We, re- we have to reproduce that in here. In here. Now, while we may be connected to all others, there is one connection that I pray and I sincerely pray that you would be able to cultivate in order to grow the fruit that brings wholeness into your relationships around you and into our world. And that one connection that you want to cultivate is that connection with Jesus. Jesus longs that for you for, and for me. Jesus longs for that. Here are the words of Jesus recorded in, in John's gospel. This is John chapter 15. Jesus said, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. And such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, You are my true disciples, and this brings great glory to my Father. Why? Because it's what we were designed for. It's like a parent looking on their child and seeing their child flourish because that's who their child is. And And parents take great joy in that, seeing that. It's the same with our Heavenly Father. He takes great joy in seeing us be who we were created to be, to see this lived out in us. So here we've done a full circle, and I don't know if you've noticed that. And that's we're going back, we're right back to where we began as the essence of our faith community, that one indispensable thing which is intimacy with Jesus. Because it's there that the fruit begins to be produced in our lives and that we can then feed others with that. It's that whole thing of part of living a reproductive life. But it starts with this intimate relationship with Jesus that Jesus longs to have with you. And it's just like this thing, you hang out with whoever you hang out with, you become like them. And, I, and my, my prayer for us 
is that we would, we would do that in our own lives and as a faith community. Now, now here's the thing. You're going to see stuff growing in your life. And in my life, I see it. I still, you know, things you got to deal with. It's sort of like weeds in your lawn. You're always pulling them out. But your focus is on growing the good stuff, right, that you want in here. And I do that by staying close to Jesus. And to, I want to produce, uh, I, want to, I want my life to, to reflect the fruits of the Spirit. Because Jesus wants us to take his words seriously. Because they do bring life. And we are created to be life givers to other people. And this is the food that we get to serve to others. So they are nurtured and bring to wholeness. So yes, Jesus says to us, I am the vine, you are the branches, and those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Again, God is working in you for the best. We are a people of faith, and faith calls us to step in, see, look where God is working, and to join him. So that's a phrase we use all the time. And God invites us to work with him in seeing this come about in our lives, in our hearts. Because it'll change everything. We are, we are called to be change agents in this world. And change starts with you and I. Let me pray for us right now. Father, Lord, we, we just thank you that your desire for us is to live full and fruitful lives. That Lord, while we may, well, it feels like we're always battling against these other desires, we know, Lord, because of your work that you did on the cross, that that has been defeated, that has been conquered. And for those who follow, Lord, we are now considered righteous or right in being, and we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, that as Paul says, we are a new creation. Not that we're going to be a new creation someday. We are a new creation. And we thank you, Lord, that with all your followers throughout the globe, this world is, a, is different than if the church didn't exist. This world is a different place. And Father, I pray for the church. I pr we pray, Lord, we lift up the church throughout the city of Cambridge regardless of the different things we do, the way we, you know, all different stripes and colors, Lord. But our one focus is you, Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that, you're, that as a church, we'd just be this influence throughout the world, throughout our city, throughout our neighborhoods, our workplaces. Because, Lord, we truly want to see your kingdom come. And, Lord, for those who are just, you know, they haven't, they haven't made a decision to follow you, but they're, they're thinking about it. Lord, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd speak to their hearts right now as they're listening. And to you who are wondering, do I follow or do I not? Is this what I want to become? I want to say this to you, that there is no one else who has the words to real life. 
who has the guidance to real life, who, has, who can point the direction. This is how to walk. This is how to experience real life other than Jesus Christ. And not only that, it's not that he just points the way. He promises because he's alive and his spirit is in the world and within us and can be within you. He promises to be with you, to walk with you through life, through this, as you journey through this. And so I just pray you would say yes, yes to Jesus. So Father, Lord, we just submit our lives to you. And Holy Spirit, we just say come. We will join you as you work within our hearts, transforming the way we think so we can be more like you. So thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless.